Unquestionable Father, we want to glorify you. We honor you, we adore you for the privilege that you have given unto us to be in your presence today. Almighty God, nobody can question what you are doing. You do what you like, the way you want it done. Father, we appreciate you, we glorify you. Being that exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. As we go into your word, Lord, we want you to speak to us. Come down and speak to us yourself. Minister your word into our life. And when that word is ministered, let it be firmly rooted in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you are going to reign in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we sit down? I give glory to God and honor that he has given me the privilege to stand before all of you today. Like I said, God does his own thing without making reference to anyone. He's unquestionable. You can't question him. You might be going through some storm in your life. You cannot question him that, why am I going through this storm? Or why is this thing happening to me? That is God for you. If it will put storm into your life to get your attention, it will put that storm into your life. It's only for you to realize that whatever happens, God remains God. Whatever happened to everyone, God is God. Today we will be talking about something familiar. Uh, for many of us, when we are talking of sleeping, I know that if you want to relate the word sleeping to Bible, something will come to our mind. And who is that? Jonah. We are going to be talking about Jonah today. For many of us, we are familiar with this story. We know what it is. People, sometimes, we have something similar to Jonah. Uh, in the course of my message, you will be able to identify what you have in common with Jonah. As I said, we are going to be looking at the book of Jonah. Uh, can we have the Jonah chapter 1, verse, from verse 1 to 17, this place? Most people, when God speaks to them, they pretend not to understand or they even doubt that really is it God that is speaking to them and why this is happening. At times God will give you assignment. God will minister to you that this is what he wants you to do. But you will pretend as if you don't even know what God is saying. Or maybe through someone, God has spoken that you should do this, you should do that. But... We pretend. And why are we pretending? Most times, we pretend because we feel that we don't have the confidence. We pretend that, how, can, how am I going to do it? Now, today, we are going to look at the book of Jonah. Uh, brother, can you read for us? Jonah chapter 1, from verse 1 to 17. Jonah Please, chapter 1. Listen attentively. I want you to follow one. as it's being read. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, 
and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the waves that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone, down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we, not, that we perish not. And they said, Everyone to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comes thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is come upon, is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. I want to refresh our memory, that's why I allowed the old chapter to be read. And I want you to open your Bible to that particular chapter we have read. And uh, as, the, as we go now, you begin to identify the areas where this story affects you. And um, I will title my message, How Far Can You Run? How Far Can You Run? We've just read the book of Jonah, Jonah's story. We have reminded ourselves this story. This is a story as a kid that we all love to hear. This is a story that whenever we are, we, we are hearing this story, we will imagine, we will see it in picture, in pictorial form. The sheep, how they throw Jonah into the sea, and how he's being swallowed by fish. But as we grow older, this story seems to be losing the, the, the flavor. It's losing the flavor. Why? Because these are stories we are going over, over, over and over again. But most time, 
we focus mainly on the sleeping aspect of Jonah. When others were in trouble, he was sleeping. But today we are not going to look into that direction. We'll be looking into different directions. So we can't say that uh, Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh, but he decided to go to Tashi. This is a story that sometimes some people even doubt it. They have the doubt, how can a fish swallow human being? Brethren, if we look at scientists today, even though the, what we just read just mentioned fish, but I want to tell you that whale, we can say whale is not a fish. We can, it's, that is a mama. But there is what we call whale shark. Whale shark is as big as, it's, as, it's very big that it, it, it can swallow human beings. You can check the picture on the internet, you will see what whale shark look like. And for the scientists, they might be saying that is impossible. But I want you to realize that the story of Jonah was mentioned by Jesus Christ. If we look at the book of Matthew, um, chapter 12, verse 40 to 42. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Praise the, the Lord. Thank you, brother. Can you see that Jesus Christ now confirmed that Jonah was swallowed by a whale? So it might be a whale shark, but it was not mentioned. It might be a whale shark, but it was not mentioned. So, brethren, this is a story that even if you don't believe it, as far as Jesus confirmed it, I believe it. I believe it. So I want you to realize that this is true story. Because I believe all of us know that Jesus came to this world and he died for our sin. If he has come to the world and he died for our sin, it means whatever he says is correct. So today we'll be looking at uh, three things that we have in common with Jonah, because I'm not going to look at the fish part of it, but we shall be looking at something that we have in common. At a particular point of our life, we, we are doing this. For instance, has God been ministering to us that we should join one ministry or the other? Have you been receiving ministration? Even a friend might be calling you that why can't you come and do this? Why can't you come and do that? God may not come down to tell you, or he may not call you as he called Samuel, that he will call your name to do this. It is for you to identify when something is ministering to your mind, when something is talking to you, when a friend is talking to you, when the message is being given on the altar here, is being directed to you, and those messages are reminding you of where you can see where God is working and you join Him in doing His work. If you are doing contrary to this, it means you are behaving like Jonah. You are going the, the other direction. Your mind keeps telling you that I have to do this, I have to do that. But when you keep moving from one place to the other, you are avoiding it, you are trying to dodge responsibility. 
That is not what God wants from you. You might be thinking you don't have the confidence. If you look at the book of Joshua, when Moses died, God chose Joshua. And listen to what he told him. That is Joshua 1.5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of, of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Can you imagine? This is not applicable to Joshua only. Every one of us. If God has spoken to something to your mind, He will back you up. He will never leave you. He will not disgrace you. The same thing if we look at book of Jeremiah. When Jeremiah was called, look at what God told him. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 1 to 7 to 8. But the Lord said unto me, Say not I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for and with thee to deliver thee, said the Lord. Don't be afraid of what people will say. Don't be afraid that people can condemn you. That is it the only one? As far as you are doing it to the will of God, God will always be there to touch your mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. At, as, a, as a Christian, at a particular time, we have one way or the other that we are running away from our responsibility. We deviate pro, from it. But here is the great truth I learned from Jonah. You can run from God, but you cannot outrun Him. Because... The Bible says, there is nowhere that his eyes cannot reach. Jonah was running away. But God knew that he was going where he was going. So, when God is talking to you, brethren, try to understand, try to have the spirit of discernment that will be able, that will enable you to identify that God is actually speaking to me. So, this, with this, God who has called you, has ministered that unto you, will back you up. He will not leave you alone. I want you to hold to this. Sometimes we run away from God in this, what I will call a maybe systematic way. We have some area in our life that we are holding to. It's a stronghold. What the, what the, we, the way we behave, what we do. Okay, God has said we should not steal. Yes, you are not stealing. God has said you should not murder. You are not killing anybody. But is your action killing somebody? Or what you are doing? Is he affecting somebody's life? So when you are doing that, you are behaving like Jonah. Because you, you have knew what God said you should not do. But you are doing it. So brethren, I want you to begin to see areas where you are behaving like Jonah. So all those strongholds. All the secret sin that in your life that you feel that if I give it up, may, maybe you will lose something. I'm telling you, brethren, you will not lose anything. All you need to do is to be focused. Sometimes we also run away financially from God. God says, what, what, uh, there is an instruction of what God says concerning our tithes. But one way or the other, we also try to cut corner. We also try to show that, yes, 
Okay, I will make use of this. I'm telling you, you might be thinking you are not paying that tight. When that small headache comes, you go to hospital. And you pay maybe one riad. Gradually, all sorts of things like that you are paying. Those are the areas where we pay the tight. So, brethren, continue to identify areas where you are similar to Jonah. And at times, people also run away from God because they confuse God with people that, pre- that uh, show themselves that they know God. Why? Because sometimes we are looking at the action of uh, maybe a pastor. We are looking at him, what he's doing. And people that are struggling with their faith, people that are struggling with their faith, when they see what a man of God is doing, they begin to doubt does this God, these people are calling really exist? Because if a pastor, or if an elder, or a church member, a saved church member, if they behave in this way, then people that are struggling with their faith, they will be thinking that, am I not wasting my time? Now, underline it, you are behaving like Jonah. Because you are not running away yourself, but your action... Your action is sending people away from God. So, brethren, begin to identify areas where you are behaving similarly to Jonah. And I pray that God will continue to help us as we go on in the mighty name of Jesus. At times, when we involve in gossiping, it's also a very sad story. Backbiting. We all fellowship there after the service. Maybe we gather together. We talk, we talk, we talk, we talk. When we allow this kind of attitude in our midst, people that are struggling with their faith, when they get to know this, they say, okay, these brethren, they are, on Friday, they will be talking, they will appear holy, but after some time, they gossip about others because they are not there. Yes, we are sending people away because those that are struggling with their faith, those that are struggling with their faith, they will be having doubt mind. And God will continue to help us not to send people away with our action. Praise the Lord. As Christians, we have to realize that people are watching us. And Jesus said that the world we know that we are his disciple by our love for one another. We need to share our love with one another. So, when you, the way you behave, the way you share your love with people, this will bring people closer to God. So, this will not send people away. I love one thing with uh, we Christians, uh, which the other side might be looking at as if I'm talking now of what is happening in my country, Nigeria. When we, because to, the, to some people, they believe that the Christians, they are not violent. When they're supposed to fight, they are not fighting. Yes. Jesus Christ said, if somebody slaps you at the right ear, you turn the other side. How many of us can do it? But sometimes many of us are do it. Somebody insults insult you, somebody talks nastily to you, somebody says all sorts of things to you, you say, God bless you. When you do that, God bless you, God bless you. Even if it's not from your inner mind, but you are just trying to avoid 
trouble or chaos. I'm telling you, you are passing the message. You are not behaving like Jonah. But somebody is telling you one word. Before you finish, you are telling him three words. That I'm going to show you who am I. Brethren, you are sending wrong signal to people. Wrong signal to people. Praise the Lord. Now back to Jonah's story. I'm going to identify three things. We all have in common with Jonah. Three things. And the first thing is when you are running away from God, you are going to take wrong decision. When you run away from God, you are taking wrong decision. Let's look at Jonah. Um, that is between verse 1 and... Sister, can you project the Jonah? The book of Jonah? Between verse 1 and 3. Look at what Jonah did. Instruction have been given to him. Where he's supposed to go. But Jonah is going into wrong direction. Has he not taken wrong decision? He has taken wrong decision. Has God has been speaking to you that uh, you are taking wrong decision? So Jonah has taken wrong decision. Let's look at it this way. Jonah, brother, can you read that uh, one to three, please? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. From what we've just read, it shows that Jonah was very close to Joppa. And God told him to go to Nineveh. But instead, he got on a ship headed to Tarshish. Now, let us look at it presently. Let us analyze what Jonah did. Today, we call Joppa, Jaffa. This is in Israel. That is what Joppa, Joppa is called now. It's in Israel. Nineveh was in Iraq. Presently, at that time, was in Iraq. Okay? If you look at these two places, they are all in the, what we call Middle East. But let's look, to, let's look at where he was going. Tashi was in Spain. And where is Spain? Spain is in the Europe. That is what they call western part. So he is living the, where the sun is rising. And he's going to where? Where the sun is setting. Is that not a wrong direction? So this is the wrong decision that Jonah has taken. Children of God, whenever we take wrong decision, whenever we take wrong decision, we will end up running into weirdest places, the oddest places, which is dangerous to our life. When you take wrong decision, you might be convincing yourself, this is right decision, but I'm telling you, it might land you in trouble. And that is exactly what happened to Jonah because he has taken wrong decision. And I pray, God will guide you, he will lead you not to take wrong decision in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I want you to realize this. There is this popular thing that uh, uh, I read on the internet one time. A brother, a brother died and uh, he goes to heaven. And uh, when he got there, angel was showing him how the hell looked like and how the heaven looked like. As the angel was showing him, he discovered that it, it, it was showing like a screen. Like a screen that this is heaven. For the heaven side, he just sees something, some flowers and some other things. But when he looked at the other side, he saw beautiful women and so many beautiful things. He saw people enjoy people. They were doing all sorts of things. Then he said, okay, angel, I'm going to this side. And that is the hell side. Angel said, that is where you are choosing. He said, yes. Okay. He was allowed in. But when he got in, then he discovered that the story changed. Then he questioned the man he met, in, uh, met inside that. But this is not what I saw. He said, yeah, that is just screensaver. <laughs> I pray that this, we will not choose a wrong screensaver in Jesus' name. You see, devil can, he, he can divert your attention. I hope we are now identified the area where we are similar to Jonah. Don't convince yourself that this is what God wants from me. You might be led into wrong direction and follow a wrong screensaver. Screensaver, for those of us that don't know what screensaver means, when you are using, I'm sure many of us will even know because these days our answers, when you leave it for some time, the screensaver will come. Screensaver is what is displayed when you leave your computer on for some time. It will be showing you so many beautiful display. So, brethren, don't follow wrong screensaver. And for you not to follow wrong screensaver, you must not take wrong decision. Ask for it in spirit. Let the spirit of God guide you. Let the spirit of God lead you. And when it leads you, you are with God. Praise the Lord. So, when you take wrong decision, what follows? You will run from God's purpose. That is the second thing I'm going to talk about. God has purposes for us. Not just one. Purposes. You are coming to a man. There is reason for that. Of recent, I begin to identify why I'm in a man. I begin to see it that God, okay, this is part of what you want me to do. I was once like, how can I face the crowd? But today I give glory to God. I'm standing before you. It's not by my doing. It was the grace to, to it's to the grace of God that God has given unto us. So, brethren, there is purpose why you are here. It's not just for job. You are here presently for a particular purpose. And that purpose should be will be fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's something you are looking at, that mountain you are looking at. As if it's not going to be level. I'm telling you, the bulldozer of Heavenly Father will level it in the mighty name of Jesus. So when you are running from God, your life will eventually loosen. You know, when something is loosening, it will be scattering. Wind will blow it. So when you are running away from God, your life will begin to unravel. It begins to lose. And before you know it, it might lead to self-destruction. We will not be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. This will not happen overnight. At least not usual. 
but over a period of time. When things go from bad to worse, and here is why. It goes along with making wrong decisions. One thing I want to under, underline here is that uh, when a person runs from God, they are running away from the source of supernatural wisdom and truth. You want to do something, you run away from God. You are doing things with your own spirit, with your own ability. You are going to take wrong decisions. And when you take wrong decisions, it leads to destruction. So when you run away from supernatural wisdom and truth of God, and you turn your back on wisdom and truth, you begin to make some seriously bad decisions. And senseless things. Sometimes we convince ourselves. They are good decisions. We tell ourselves, ah, God wants me to do this. God wants me to have that. It's like somebody wants to buy a car. He has been struggling to get license. He got the license. Then he said, okay, I need to save some amount to have this. As he has this amount of money, then he got an emergency call back home. Which he need to send that money. He could not buy the car. But he's not convincing himself that, okay, no, I will tell them at home, in my home country, that I don't have money. But he sent the money. Brother, I'm telling you, it might be that if he, if he goes for the car at that time, he might be involved in an accident. So that is the storm God has put in his life. Just to divert that attention. But when you convince yourself, no, 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 I've, I've saved enough, I've struggled enough. If I've struggled enough, it means, why should I send this money? Without even consulting God, without even asking God, God, what should I do? So sometimes when you are making some serious save, you are making, you are trying to save some money, you are trying to do certain things, maybe at the tail end, it happens the other way around. Brethren, I'm telling you, that is the storm God wants to divert danger in your life. Either God do it, or He doesn't. God remain God in our life. Let's begin to appreciate it that God, you remain God. You might pray for something to happen in your life, but it's not happening. That does not mean God is not God. It doesn't mean that it's not God. He is God. He does what He likes. You cannot dictate to Him at all. You can't dictate to Him. So, we need to understand. Like God said in the book of uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plan I have for you, declare the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plan to give you hope and future. This is what God is telling you. That's in the book of Jeremiah 29, 11. So, if you move towards God, you are moving towards the source of supernatural wisdom and truth. And who has this kind of uh, supernatural wisdom and truth? King Solomon. Up to today, nobody, there is no one that can be proved that is as wise as Solomon. We can also be Solomon when we commit everything unto God. So, brethren, I 
For now, I'm sure that you are beginning to see areas where you are similar to Jonah. Jonah was running away from the purpose of the Lord. So in your life, if there any area you think now that you are running away from God's purpose in your life, it's never too late. Take the step back. Stay in your closet. Confess your sin. Confess to God. This is the area I'm going wrong. This is the area that I'm going wrong direction. God, lead me back into your path. So, continue to tell God this in your presence. Because at times we justify our behavior. But our conscience, we keep telling us, did God really say? Did God really say this? Is God really talking to me in this way? So your life will fall apart when you run from God. And let me just try to explain further why this happened. We can understand this from Jonah. The reason a person life begins to fall apart when they run from God is because God has a plan and purpose for you. Which is what he's saying in the book of Jeremiah. So you need to allow God's plan to work in your life. God's plan for Jonah was to go to Nineveh and preach. When Jonah ran, he was not only running from God, he was also running from God's plan. Right now, you may be asking yourself, well, what is my purpose? And I will say, start with what you know. If you are a parent, you know the purpose that God has for you, is to lead your children in the right path. And we are all parents. Either you are parent now or expected parent. We are all parents. I'm telling you, brethren, if you are a parent, there is purpose that God wants you to, to do. Praise the Lord. Are you a Christian that... If we are all Christian. The part, for, the part of purpose is full of great commission. Look at the talent God has given you. If you cannot sing, God will not call you to come and join Brother Matthew. He won't call you. That is not the purpose. If you cannot sing, you will not be part of praise and worship. So if you are going to that direction that you want people to see your face from the congregation, you want to stay at the altar and people see your face. Is that not a wrong decision? Maybe when they are singing to this side, you are singing to the other side. Brethren, look at the talent God has given unto you. So, you all know your talent. You know your talent. If there are some, some of us that they are, we, are very, we are excellently hospitable, you know where this is required in the church of God. We, we have some people that have the spirit of visiting people. You know where this is useful in the house of the Lord. You might be doing it. Commit it again to the hand of God. Do it for God's purpose. And you will see the blessing that God will give unto you. Don't expect that the blessing will come once. Gradually it will be coming. God is so funny that when God is blessing you, you may not even realize that you have started receiving the blessing. One day you just discover that, oh, this was my startup by January. Now, this is my status. 
If you are the type that appreciate God, I'm telling you, you will give glory to God. It will not come overnight. It will not come once. The blessing will not come once. It won't. It's just for you to count your blessing and give honor to God. Many of us, our situation, the way it is now, was not like that as January. And I believe before the end of this year, God is having a very big purpose, big purpose for you. Either enemy like it or not. This purpose will come to pass in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. I was listening to one testimony, one of our father and the Lord in Nigeria. He asked the congregation, how many of you believe that before the end of the year you can ride a car? And that was during uh, the end of the year Eve, New Year Eve. He asked them, um, among you who believe that before the end of the year you can ride a car, they are already in the church. It was around 10 o'clock in the night. Brethren, only one small boy came out and raised up his hand. When he came up, the father and the Lord asked him, Come brother, come little child. Some people have dashed that minister of God, some vehicle, which is ready to give out that very day. And I'm telling you, because that boy has the faith that he will ride a car before the end of the year. He came out. I'm talking of Pastor Adeboye. He came out and he gave this, the car of the key to the boy. So, your, your situation will be like that in the mighty name of Jesus. When the time comes for God to bless you, forget, even if it is one second remain to, for the year to end, that promise that God has ordained to give you, it shall come to fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So, when we talk of God speaking to people, I'm sure that uh, many of us will be looking at it. How is God speaking to people? Yes. We might find it difficult to identify. But, brethren, I want you to know that God will speak to you through your mind. God will speak to you through anybody. Even with what is happening in your surroundings, God can speak to you through that. Amen? Amen. A brother went to, went for um, a fellowship. So they were discussing about how God speaks to people. He never believed that God speaks to people. All of them were giving their testimony how God speaks to them. Then this brother, as he was going home, he kept thinking that, God, you speak to people. I want you to speak to me. I want you to talk to me. I want to hear your voice. Then suddenly he has a thought that, okay, let me go to somewhere and buy milk. But I don't need milk. Why should I go and buy milk? He decided to go and buy the milk. He bought the milk. He said, God, are you the one speaking? No, 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 you don't need milk. What are you going to do with milk? As he was driving, then suddenly he has conviction that he should move away from the main road and enter the street. He entered one street. As he was going, he said, what, what am I doing? God, are you the one talking to me? He said, no, I have not heard the voice. But his inner mind was telling him all what he was doing. Then suddenly, suddenly he stopped in front of one particular house. Then something in his mind told him, go to that house, give them that milk. He said, this is crazy something. This is night. Why should I go and wake people up? Brethren, 
he summoned the courage and said, okay, God, if you are the one speaking to me, I will go there now, but one thing I want you to know is that I will only knock once. If nobody answers, I go away. And when he got there, he knocked once. Before he could even say anything, somebody said, who is that? Then he said, oh God, uh, maybe you are the one talking to me truly. This is a brother that never believed that God talked to him. But when the man that said who was that opened the door, then he said, what do you want? Why are you here? Angrily, the man was talking to him. He said, no, I just want to give you this milk. He grabbed the milk and started running inside. Then the man was shocked that what happened. As he was running inside, then the woman came out with a baby. The baby was crying. Quickly, they were trying to feed the baby. Then the man came back and said, we, are, we were just praying to God because they don't have money. And the, sh- the child was hungry. They were just praying. And the little boy in the house said, God, send an angel to us with milk. So the boy came and said, Sir, are you an angel? Then the, the man asked, why, why, why are you said that? He said, because when we were praying that we need miracle. What I pray is that God send an angel. And you brought the milk to us. Then the man felt that, oh, God has really spoken to me. So you can see that sometimes God will lay in your mind to do something. You might do it, you might not see the kind of explanation I give. I'm telling you, you might, you, you might not see this kind of explanation. So don't expect that similar situation you will find. You may not even know why you have done that. You may not know. So brethren, when God speaks to you, identify the voice. He's not going to call you like Samuel, Samuel. He may call you that way. But don't be focusing on that side that God will call you Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. So God still speaks to people. As he was in the beginning, he remains now, so shall he be to the end. In the mighty name of Jesus. Finally, to the third stage of Jonah's uh, situation. The third principle is that uh, when we run from God, um, people who run from God always end up in hurting those that are closest to them. As a parent, when you are running from God, it, will have, it may affect your children. When you run away from God, it will affect people that are closer to you. Because as the events begin to happen in your life, a husband that is running away from God and his job begins to turn upside down, or a sister that is running away from God and her job begins to turn upside down, don't you think it will affect the family? So when you run away from God, it will affect your family. It will affect those that are around you. As far as I knew, let's look at Jonah's situation now. Let's look at his own situation. The men that were with him, they are businessmen, right? Because they, he, he, those sailors with him, they were businessmen. They were with him. They were going. But what happened when the storm came? What happened? They begin to throw their goose into the sea. They begin to throw the goose into the sea. Now tell me, which insurance is going to pay for that? Which insurance is going to pay for that? So, Jonah has brought his own problem 
to affect other people. So when you are running away from God, you are running, it will affect people that surround you. So Jonah is in some case, the men that are seen had no idea of what was about to happen to them. As far as they knew, they were just taking a passenger along with them with their cargo to Tashi. Now remember, Tashi, Tashi was a poor city. And so these men were merchants, taking their cargo to either to sell or trade it. That is their livelihood. That is what they do. That is how they live. But all of a sudden, the storm hit them. And they were throwing all their cargo overboard. Like I said, who is going to pay for this? Parents, if we run from God, it can affect our children, mostly our teenagers. Because we won't be able to give them the godly advice. And if we are not giving our children godly advice, they will take wrong decisions. So now because we are running away from God, and when our children take wrong decisions, what happens? They live with it. For instance, those that are getting to the age of marriage. If we are not godly, we are not in God, we won't be able to, to direct them, to lead them, to, to guide them. So when we are not doing this, they will take wrong decisions that they will live permanently with. So, and I pray that we will not take decisions in the mighty name of Jesus. So people who run from God injure those that are around them. This is in verse 7 to 14 of that book of Jonah. If we read it, there is no time now, but we can go over it at home. What happened between these verses is amazing. I want us to look at it at home. All things that was going on, we got these pagan merchants who were just found out that Jonah was the cause of their problem. At the end of the day, they discovered that Jonah was the cause of the pro- problem. And what happened? Even Jonah himself tell them that they should throw him in the... the okay, um, before they even discovered Jonah, they were throwing all their goods into the, into the sea. Not knowing that Jonah was the cause of the trouble they have. But when they discover it was Jonah, before they discover it was Jonah, they were praying to their gods. It was recorded there that they were praying. They were, all of them were calling their God. But immediately they knew that it was Jonah that is the cause of their problem. That, that is in verse 14, I think. They started praying to the God, asking for forgiveness. These people started confessing. They started confessing their sin. As they knew that, because Jonah informed them the type of God that he served. He mentioned them. He mentioned to them that this is the kind of God they serve. As they were repenting, Jonah was not repenting. Do you believe that? These people were repenting. Because if Jonah repented, he will not ask them to throw him in the, into the sea. He will say, okay, brethren, because I'm the cause of this problem, what I want you to do for me, drop, him, drop me in the next pot so that I can go to where you, God wants me to go. But instead, Jonah wants to die with that problem. He said, throw me into the sea. Can you imagine? So even the people that he has informed, they started repenting. They have started changing. 
But Jonah, in his own case, want to die with the problem. And that was when he was saying throw, that they should throw him. It, it's surprising because the people that are with him, they started repenting. But he himself is, they are not, he is not repenting. Sometimes in our life, there's an area that is stronghold, like I said earlier, that we are holding strongly to. We are not willing to let it go. Then, we are similar to Jonah. We want to die with it. We want it to be part of us. So, in this situation, we are similar to Jonah. Here, God have mercy on those who have such stronghold. I'm not talking about going to church more or doing something kind of external modification. I'm talking about humbling ourselves. That's another area where we... Because even Jonah, they was, as everybody was troubled, Jonah was not even care. He was sleeping. That's why I said at the beginning that most times we look at the sleeping aspect of uh, the story. But today, we have looked at implication of running away from God. It was confirmed that um, Jonah never repented as at that time. So, and uh, God still has mercy on him. You know the funniest thing in this story, as this, even when Jonah asked these people to throw him in the, in the sea, into the sea, they were struggling to roll back to the shore just to find somewhere to drop Jonah because they don't want to kill him. They don't want the sin of the Jonah to be on them. They were struggling to take him back quickly to the shore. But the storm was too strong for them until they threw him into the sea. So, God is still God at any time in our life. Something that you feel that you cannot let go, commit that unto God, that God, take this away from me. I don't want to be in a mess. I don't want to mess up. God take this away. So it was confirmed that Jonah was in the belly of the fish. And he didn't know. He didn't know he was going to Nineveh. When he was in the belly. Even though he repented, he started praying to God. I, am, I start imagining how the belly of that fish will be. That Jonah will be able to do some uh, exercise and all sorts of things there. So you can imagine. At that point, he started confessing, started asking God. So at the end of the day, Jonah was vomited at where he doesn't want to go. And he went there. He's running away from there because those people are wicked. That's one of the things why he was running away. So God's purpose for you is not how to harm you, but to bring you back when there is a storm in your life. When you notice a storm in your life, the purpose of God for you is because of that storm, is to bring you back close to Him. It's to draw you back closer to Him. So that you can get back on the track. Now, brethren, as I close, the question I'm going to leave you with is, are you going to Nineveh or Tashi? I want you to think over this. What can you do in the church? What can you do in the house of the Lord that will show that you are going to your own Nineveh and you are not going to touch it. We are going to pray as we stand up. Lord, help me to walk in obedience to your instruction. 
you ask for the Spirit of God, God help me to walk in the obedience to the Spirit of your instruction. Can we begin to pray? Even as you are in an attitude of prayer, ask yourself that question. Are you on your way to Nineveh? Are you on the way to Tarshish? Do you have a Jonah spirit within you? If you do, it's time to throw it into the sea. God has spoken to us and he's told us two things very, very clearly. Number one, God is God. Number two, you and I are not God. We need to know who we are listening to. Are we listening to the voice of God? Or are we choosing to listen to our own selves? Just think for a minute. Just think for one minute what wrong decisions you have taken. Are you still holding fast to it? Refusing to acknowledge that you made a mistake. But your mistake may be costing your family. Who is it affecting? It may be your, your family, your children, those around you, those you love the most. It's time to turn it around. It's never too late in the presence of the Lord. You just need to tell the Lord, I made a wrong, I made a wrong decision. Just turn it around for me. I repent of the decisions that I have made. I know you have things better for me. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We will not trust in chariots, nor in horses. Our hope, our only hope, our only way forward is to trust in the name of the Lord. Have you identified your purpose for being here? You have traveled miles across the seas, across the oceans to be in this land. There has to be a reason. There has to be a reason. Have you identified it? Ask God, why am I in this place? Father God, we want to say thank you once again, Lord. Because you have reminded us, Lord Father, that so often we do take wrong decisions. And in our obstinacy, Lord Father, we refuse to turn around. We are prepared to sink with our decisions. When you are always offering us life, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will turn our hearts around, Lord Father. That we will not choose to sink with our wrong decisions, Lord Father, but rather we will choose to turn to you, Lord Father. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that this day you have asked us also to identify why we are here, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that the obstacles which are standing in our way will fall away, Lord Father. And we will see that 
purpose for which you have brought us here, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that we will look to that and turn to you, Lord Father, and accomplish that which you want us to do, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that none of us will go the way Jonah did. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. We do not want to bring disaster to those we love, Lord Father. Father God, we just pray that your presence will be with us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us this day. Thank you, Father God, for using your servant to bring across this message that you are still looking after us, Lord. We give all praise, honor, and glory, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless your servant. You will continue to anoint him, Lord Father. That you will give him further words of wisdom that he will speak to us in due course of time. Father God, be with his family. Bless them also, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And even as we depart from here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will be with us. Give us that kind of a spirit in which we will turn to you. Take right decisions. Identify the purpose why we are here. And live a godly, successful life, Lord Father. We give all praise, honor, glory unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, let me remind you once again that Sunday, we have the meeting at Shangri-La. The time of our meeting at Shangri-La is 7 p.m. Is that right? It's 7, 7 p.m. So please remember, uh, if you do have any doubts, please do meet up with any of the core group members, Pastor Sean or any of the members, and clarify your doubts, but make sure that you are there at 7 p.m. Shangri-La. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you step out. Continue to fellowship outside, please.